0: the squadron they called him bullets but we call him greg kelly greg kelly is on the air on the red apple podcast network
1: you know i think they want a race war in this country they're just itching for one i they want us at each other's throats who am i talking about i'm talking about basically i mean what the media democrats joe biden academia corporate america putting each uh, us at each other's throats stirring the pot stirring the pot like crazy ay 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 you name it they want to it's amazing it, there's an equation right there's a little system they use there's a formula uh white assailant white victim mm, not much of a news story unless well unless they're really rich or something like that okay unless they're uh, famous or rich um, or or a bunch of um, uh, crazy hillbillies from South Carolina. Remember the off right? That if they can turn it into something sensational, okay. Uh, let's see here. What are the other What are the other possible uh combinations? Uh, well, uh, black assailant, white victim. Ooh, that puts the that puts the media in a very awkward situation. And they mm, let's let's just move on, okay? Black. Assailant, black victim, no brainer. Nobody cares. Totally move on, right? That's one, that one's easy. However, the holy grail, the jackpot, okay? The jackpot is a white assailant and a black victim. Oh man, is that important. And why is it so important? Because there are all kinds of characters and institutions and, and entities that can enhance their power, prestige, money. Uh, the likes on social media. I mean, you can get people riled up. You can stir the pot. Let's have some fun, right? Let's keep this, uh, sick race media industrial complex going. Tom Wolf wrote about this all the way back in 1987. It's been this way for a long, long time, but never has it been so naked and apparent. And wow, it's just, well, it's, it's, it's really tragic. It's really tragic. They are ripping this country apart on purpose, on purpose. I've been watching this uh, subway video and that hero Marine. You know, everybody on that subway car knew that this guy was psycho and threatening people. They all saw it. They've said it out loud. And uh, this guy did something. He did not want to become another victim. You know, how many times have we seen videos from the subway where some maniac is doing his thing And then the reaction is, oh, boy, nobody did anything. Nobody stood up and said anything. Nobody got in the guy's way. I've seen that. I've seen that a lot. I talked about it last week. I'm crossing the street. My my first thought was, if I get hit by this guy, no one's going to come and help me. No one's going to come and help. They may take out their cameras and take a picture. Yeah, that's okay. But other than that, I'm on my own. And this guy was so big, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to take a defensive crouch. All right? I'm just going to have to be, I'm going to go into full defense mode.
2: I'm talking fetal
1: position, okay? Not because I was, well, that I thought was really the best uh tactic, the best tactic. Anyway, it didn't come to that. It didn't come to that. But I'm watching this stuff, this uh News Channel 4, the local news. You guys are worse than anybody else. I mean, talk about stirring the pot. I saw three minutes yesterday, three minutes on this thing, and not one mention about Jordan Neely's criminal past 41 arrests. That's a big problem. Now they talk about his mental health issues. Well, like it's, uh, I don't know, like he had COVID, like it's just something he caught or his mother got hurt. And therefore this is like an excuse. And he's, it's portrayed completely sympathetically. I've got, I've got, uh, sympathy for people with, uh, medical problems. Yeah. At, 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 and mental problems at some point. But in the heat of the moment, and you don't have time when you're telling a story. And, you know, the mainstream media, they only get 90 seconds, 180 seconds. They don't get that much time. And to go on and on about uh, he did not get the mental health care that he needed and the system failed him. How the hell do you guys know any of that? Oh, by the way, you don't. You don't. You go find the guy's grandfather who said, oh, he didn't hurt anybody. Well, the grandfather wasn't on the train. The grandfather wasn't there. So Mr. Penny, this guy, by the way, he's not a Marine anymore. There's no doubt in my mind he's on inactive reserve or something like that. You can't have, but I like the guy. And I actually am not 100% sure that this is a chokehold. What are you talking about? It's not a chokehold. Well, I see it more of an upper body restraint maneuver, restraint maneuver, holding the guy by the, uh, the torso. And when you do have somebody in a chokehold, you're not choking him the entire time. As you can see, the guy at one point is talking. He's breathing. His eyes are open. It's not like he's being strangled. That's a totally different thing. You'd see the guy's tongue pop out. You see his eyeballs pop out. His face would change color. It'd be all kinds of clues. He was, he was restraining him. And it was an effective, and I people are coming up to me, Greg, you were in the Marine Corps. You know, he should not have used that maneuver. What do you mean? He's not a trained law enforcement person. He did whatever he could. He did whatever he could. And, oh, by the way, where the hell were the cops? Now, Eric Adams is saying they got there in six minutes. I do not know about that. You know, where where were the cops? I keep hearing on the news, oh, they they flooded the cops. They flooded the subways with cops. Did they? Have they? I mean, no one's really running the police department, all right? nice lady in charge but no one's really in charge of the police department that is a huge complex um uh, operation and you got to be good you got to be hands on you got to be detail oriented you got to roll up your sleeves somebody i once somebody i know once said you either run the police department or the police department runs you okay and uh seems like uh, we don't have anybody in charge we don't we don't we don't so i i why is that important, actually? Because how long did it take for the cops to get there? Well, if this guy put him in a chokehold, let's call it a chokehold, and I I feared varying estimates, 15 minutes, 6 minutes, 2 minutes, whatever, Um he probably didn't want to keep him in a chokehold all that long. He thought the cops were coming. Call the cops. There were like four or five, half-dozen 911 calls. So the man's name... Uh, Who just might be arrested in all this to appease the savages out there. The AOCs, the Jamal Bowmans, the Jamie Raskins of the world, right? The silly members of Congress who just shoot their mouths off because it's good for whatever. I mean, staying relevant, social media. I mean, they're just, people are just performing roles at this point. Where is the sense of fairness? Why is the media coming in and throwing gasoline on the fire? How about those people who jumped on the tracks? Did you see it over the weekend? A bunch of people, they they took a time out from brunch, and then they went to the Lafayette Broadway train tracks and jumped on the tracks as if this is going to help anybody. Endangered their own lives. Oh, by the way, that third rail is still electrified, right? The third rail right next to... i I would not go on those tracks no matter what. And oh, by the way, I would probably not protest... I would probably not pro, I mean, when you protest, to me, you're sending a signal. Everything is good in your life. Everything is so straightened out that you can, you can get into somebody else's face and tell them to change. You're going to tell them to change. You're going to tell society to change. Well, what about the, uh, just looking at some of these characters? I'm, I'm guessing they don't have it all worked out. They don't have it all going on. Okay. They're a little bit, uh, uh, they're, uh, they're a little on edge. They're on the edge of society in a way, but they're going to go and jump on the train tracks and demand change. And it was portrayed rather sympathetically. It was like, okay, no big deal. Yeah, they're they're calling for justice. I heard that a lot, especially on NBC4. A call for justice. A call for Jordan. A prayer for Jordan Neely and a call for justice. People gathered to remember Jordan Neely. Who the hell knew him? Who knew him? His family? All these strangers are gathering to remember Jordan Neely. I think it was a long time since his Michael Jackson days, oh, by the way, right? So uh, they want us to be in a full-on race war in America. They're not going to get their way. Cooler heads will prevail. Cooler heads will prevail despite the efforts of uh, the Democrat Party, the mainstream media, academia, corporate America, all those people. It's it's really, I, I thought we got past all of this. Barack Obama, hey, thanks for nothing. How's he enjoying his billions? The first post-racial president, right? No, no, he gave rise to so much of this stuff because instead of being the healer, That he could have been. And the guy who could have spoken uncomfortable truths, he got afraid of Jesse Jackson, who threatened to cut his testicles off. So he leaves it to, well, he leaves it to Newsmax. He leaves it to me. It's like, you'd be surprised how people are not like, like, did you get in trouble for what you said? What do you mean? Well, I mean, it just what you said was, it seems so. True? true. Well, yeah, but you can't say that. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I'm not in your world. I'm glad, I'm, and I'm glad I'm in this world. I'm glad where whatever the hell happened to me over the years and all this stuff, the good and the bad and the ugly and, uh, and all the good stuff I did, some of the bad stuff I, you know, just made me the person who I am and put me in this position where I can say, sorry, that person's not a white supremacist in Texas. I don't believe you. I do not believe you. The shooter in Allen, Texas. You are lying to all of us. A day goes by. He is his. This guy is Hispanic, all right. And oh, by the way, the tattoos on his hand and chest and neck suggest he's in, uh, well, criminal gangs. I don't see any. Give me this white supremacy stuff again. With the white supremacy again. With the white now. We understand, you understand, I don't care what color you are, if you are alive and you are not a lawbreaker and you've got some measure of common sense, you abhor white supremacy, okay? It is a junk belief, uh, and there are very few people who go for that stuff. I guess the skinheads, most of them are in jail, and the others are in the woods. But what they're trying to do is taint MAGA. Make America great again, right? We're all a bunch of white supremacists, right? <laughs> so, I, I noticed it took about a day and a half for anything to come out on the shooter. Anything at all. I mean, the guy's laying right there. The car is right there. The registration. Why the hell did you guys tiptoe around it or didn't say anything? I even heard CNN yesterday saying, why do we have more on the shooter at this point? We need to, they, they were complaining. Well, they had to, uh, They had to somehow bend over backwards to make it. Yeah, well, you know what? He looked at this website in 2015. I think we can say he's a white supremacist. Or at least we can say there are concerns about his ties to white supremacy. Now, I noticed when Audrey Hale, that maniac in Tennessee, remember, opened fire on those kids. And the cops said right off the bat, this is a transgender situation. They said it out loud at the first press conference. She identified as transgender, and oh, by the way, this might have been motivated by her transgender journey, her transgender issues and struggles. And then mainstream media, they were commanded to not talk about that anymore. And somebody tried to equate the two. No, we don't equate the two. It's not like, well, you got white supremacy. The left has transgenderism. No. The left, they embrace this transgender stuff. Remember, they're trying to force it on kids. On the right? Show me anybody who believes in white supremacy, okay? It's a phantom that there are white supremacists out there. It is a total phantom. And to the extent that they are anywhere, we hate them and we want nothing to do with them. But it's a phantom and they stir it up. They stir it up and um, the, who gets caught up? Innocent people get caught up, quite frankly. The Proud Boys. <laughs> Did you see my show last week? I, sh- I got a big group shot of uh, Proud Boys. And, uh, there are about, I don't know, maybe 300, 200 in there. I counted about, um, granted it's not overwhelming, but I counted about 27 faces of color, people of color in there. 27. Black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, right? Now, um, I'm not really familiar with the Ku Klux Klan other what, than what I've seen in comedy movies. But I think your white supremacist bigot wants nothing to do with uh, with people of color and certainly wouldn't welcome them into the Ku Klux Klan, right? Anyway, it is a joke. And you know what is real, though? But you can't talk about it. Literally, you can't talk about it. They used to have a name for it. They used to have a term for it. And the FBI pretends they're burying their head in the sand. Black identity extremism. Black identity extremism. This whole thing with uh, uh, it started in Missouri. And uh, What was that guy's name again? Uh, Michael Brown, Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. This gave renewed energy to the black identity extremist movement. But guess what? A couple of members in Congress didn't like that. They didn't like the acknowledgement, the saying out loud, yes, that there are bad black people out there who are so fired up. There are some, not many, just like there are bad white people. I talked about them. But there are a hell of a lot more black identity extremists than white supremacists. Okay, a hell of a lot more. And it kind of stands to reason because the media are stirring them up all the time, trying to make them angry. And they are. And they're coming after cops in a big way. It's still happening, even though the FBI is playing a politically correct game and pretending it's not a thing. All right, good luck finding those good old boys. Meanwhile, let let Antifa reign... I'll be right back.
3: With Kizik Cans Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents in easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com
4: slash socks.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, did you hear John Rowland died from Channel 5? John Rowland, legendary guy, uh, anchoring that 10 o'clock news he was there for like 30 years, um, just an amazing broadcaster, really, really good. I'll never forget, um, number one, back then, I mean, everybody watched the Channel 5 news at 10 o'clock from, when was it invented? I think they came out with it in 1969 until about the uh, uh, the early 2000s. It was just the biggest thing in the world. It was bigger than any network. It was bigger. Everybody stopped. There were only a handful of channels, and John Rowland was the face of Channel 5, and uh, he's dead at the age of 81. I uh, don't have too many details here. Um, let's see. Uh, passed away Sunday at the age of 81 and uh, is originally from California. Hey, by, by the way, do me a favor, listen to this. Listen to, uh, listen to a little bit of John Rowland.
0: 20 hours later, after the Fed said they wanted him, they finally got their man. Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman, surrounded by his followers, turned himself in. Good evening, Coran's on vacation. There was shake, rattle, and roll tonight. The shake was arrested on immigration charges, but before that happened, federal agents rattled. They thought they lost him, but he's in custody and rolling to a lockup north of the city. Stop! George Smith.
1: Did you hear that? Shake, rattle, and roll? This guy could write. That is good stuff. It's not like, oh, gosh, he's good. He was great. He was great. And, um... So I met him twice, but the most uh most kind of important memory, indelible, was in April of nineteen eighty five. My dad had just took over the taken over the one hundred and sixth precinct. They had a stun gun scandal there. Some of the cops were using stun guns on prisoners, and it was a huge story. And they cleaned house, they got rid of the skipper, they got rid of the exo, and they brought in a whole new team. And my dad was the uh the man they brought in to clean the place up. Deputy Inspector Raymond Kelly. And I remember very well, the top of the 10 o'clock news, John Rowland. Deputy Inspector Raymond Kelly is a man on the spot tonight. That's what I remember. <laughs> and I was looking at the guy right there. We were watching TV together in the basement. John Rowland um, uh, started in local news in California. Hey, worked with my colleague, my former colleague, Rosanna Scotto, who says he taught me about fairness in presenting the news. I felt his passion and respect for the audience who watched his nightly broadcast. Wow. John Rowland, rest in peace.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And it's, it's something else about John Rowland, you know, he was eating dinner, like, in the early 80s, and uh, a couple of guys came in and held up the place, and he struggled with one of the guys the guy, the robber, got shot in the leg, I think maybe by John Rowland himself, and then John got injured. He got hit in the head. I remember reading about this a couple of years ago, and uh wow, wow. I mean, a classic anchorman, right? I mean, that's what legends are made out of. It's interesting that um, not many people have held that job of 10 p.m. anchorman, and that's when I actually found out about that. I had that job, you know, for about six months. Uh, it was not the job for me. <laughs> I didn't want it. I wanted out of it. As soon as I got it, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Uh, But John Rowland, I mean, everybody has their calling, and that way he was perfect at it, perfect. But let's see. Over the years, there was, I think, uh, what was that guy's name, Jorgensen? Excuse me, I should know this. Jorgensen, Jorgensen. And uh, he had the job, and then John Rowland, and then Ernie Anastas, and then uh, with Rosanna, of course, and Rosanna worked with John Rowland, and then there was a guy named... uh, uh somebody from texas uh, who was not there that long steve lacy does it now i mean it's i think you could count on five fingers how many people have had that at least on the male side at least on the male side uh i, I uh, Darry alexander of course was there rosanna scotto amazing but uh, john roland oh and i met him once in elaines that's where they hung out and uh everybody knew the local news crew i mean seriously right now tell me tell me be honest who hosts the? Uh, well, is there a ten o'clock news on Channel Eleven? I don't even know. Is there t- is there an anchor man on Channel Eleven? I I don't know. I know Maurice Dubois. I think I I saw him recently, so I know he's there. Uh, Chuck Scarborough is still at Channel Four, but he doesn't do the eleven o'clock news. Who are those people? Good luck. <laughs> Get back to me, right? Nobody knows who these people are. It's not their fault. It's just that they're ten million uh, channels now. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it is. Who used to say that? Who used to say that? Walter Cronkite. Robot. Well, I didn't know the man. I would have nothing to say. Do you know, I mean, my goodness gracious, some of these news people, are it's totally over the top. Totally over the top. Do you know when uh, Walter Cronkite died, they had two presidents, Clinton and Obama, went. I'm sorry, but two presidents? (laughs) Do you know when Tim Russert died, they took it live as if the Pope had died, as if a head of state had died? It's all a little bit much, right? The media is so in love with themselves. So in love with themselves. Now, I'm talking about John Rowland. I think it's appropriate, right? We all knew him as New Yorkers. But, I mean, we're not going to have a – we're not going to have a – a morning parade tomorrow, right, with a riderless uh, uh, horse, right, in, in front of the caisson. He's not going to lie in state. He's a great New Yorker. He's one of us, although he did die in Florida. He went down there to uh, retire. Good for him, of course. Um, yeah, and here's something else. It's another reminder. I got a note from him during the 2020 stuff when Newsmax was really making a name for itself when we were really started to break out. It was great to hear. I should actually try to track it down. It was so good to hear from him. And uh, I wrote him back, but I always wanted to have a follow-up conversation. You know what I mean? Procrastination. Procrastination. You know, I'm going to do that someday. Eh, someday we'll do that. Well, someday, as Tony Robbins once said, is a road that leads to a town called Nowhere. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. All right, let's try. Let's try Bob in Queens.
2: Hey, Greg. Hey, you, are you there? Yep. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, Greg. Uh, about Obama, I just wanted to make a note on my end. I haven't heard anybody else say it that in his acceptance speech, he actually said, "You know, I didn't. I did not vote for him," but he actually said, "If I hope." To gain your vote, okay. So I thought that was great. I said, let me wait, but it never came. That was that was just for me. It, uh, you know, everything came with division. I had another point that I just wanted to ask you. You know, with with Trump being, you know, uh, with all of these lawsuits and everything coming from different angles, is it possible to connect them all and have him? Uh, I have the person who's looking to make another case against him, a frivolous lawsuit, because you and I both go, they're going to keep coming.
1: Well, wait, I don't understand. Wait, wait. What is your question about, if, yes, we know that there are a bunch of frivolous lawsuits. You want to what? What do you want to do with those lawsuits?
2: Yeah, but can he Can he? Can he collect, can Can he actually get his lawyers paid when when he wins the case?
1: Can he get his lawyers paid when he wins the case?
2: From from the other from the person who's bringing the lawsuit. Well, that's already happened. I mean, what uh,
1: that's kind of already happened. Uh, Stormy Daniels, I think, is into him for about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That that sometimes happens, and so yeah, that that can happen. Uh, That can happen. I'm not, you know, look, I'm a little bit worried about this stupid E. Jean Carroll because uh, Manhattan juries hate Trump. It never should have gotten that far, and it's a total travesty that it did. And I guess closing arguments are going to happen. The jury. And by the way, it's mostly a defamation trial. The whole thing is ridiculous. Hey, at least Trump called it out. At least Trump. Let me see here. He actually told the woman to her face that you stink. This is during the deposition last fall. They played it in. Uh, they played it during the trial. Cut twenty-five, please. Cut twenty-five.
5: You know it's not true, too. You're a political operative, also. You're, dis- you're a disgrace. But she's accusing me, and so are you, of rape. And it never took place.
1: You know, it is the ugliest thing you can accuse somebody of, one of them. And Donald Trump you know, responds, you know, he he's insulting at times. And, like, I think he says this, he's got the right to be insulting. Cut 23.
5: I don't want to be insulting. But when people accuse me of something, I think I have a right to be insulting because they're insulting me. They're doing the ultimate insult. They make up stories, and then I'm not allowed to speak my mind no i, I disagree with that.
1: yeah good for him good for him and by the way why are they making up these stories right I, I i have somebody i know who watches the news and gets all nervous and stuff like that comes to me and says well i'm sure trump had to do something because there are all these women all these women are you crazy right first of all we've got 300 million people here right you are the most famous person in the world you don't think a couple of crazy people are going to come staggering out hey isn't it true that every time there's a major crime that the police get a bunch of phone calls of people confessing? They do, actually, right? That happens all the time. People love to confess to crimes that they didn't uh, commit. People are capable of making up all kinds of stuff. But these folks, they think they've got the, you know, God is on their side or something like that because Donald Trump represents an existential threat. Existential. This is, uh, I don't know what he calls himself, public intellectual Sam Harris. He says Donald Trump is like a asteroid coming to hit earth and you got to do anything you can to stop it cut 26
4: you know if, if
3: it's like if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward earth and and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course right is that a conspiracy you know like some of that conversation would be in public some of it would be in private we have a massive problem we have an existential threat right Politically speaking, I consider Trump an existential threat to our democracy.
1: Our democracy. And so therefore, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever it takes. You can lie, cheat, steal, make up stuff, steal elections, right? I mean, if an asteroid were coming to hit Earth, you would do anything, right? You'd break the law to stop that asteroid. I don't know how that would help the asteroid or fix the asteroid, but hey, I actually put myself in this uh, position sometimes, all right? What if some, what if AOC was elected a member of, uh what if she became president? How would I treat an AOC presidency? <laughs> I mean, if she won, duly elected, that kind of thing, I guess you would have to, you know, yeah, I would. I wouldn't break the law to stop her. But the other side will. That's what they are doing. The other side will. That's how much they hate Trump. And that's how much, oh, by the way, they hate us. They, um... They really despise us. They really look down on us. Um, what else is going on? So did you see that guy in Texas who ran over all those people? This is one of the goriest things I've ever seen. And I've been to, I've been to war. I saw this, uh, the immediate aftermath. All these videos that I unfortunately saw have now been deleted from Twitter, but there were, I mean, and have you ever seen an amputee 30 seconds after he got his leg, uh, severed? That was on the tape, hands, limbs all over the place. Some uh, crazy guy in a Range Rover uh, plowed into about a dozen people, and it's just horrific to watch, really, really bad stuff. Now, by the way, I did see he happens to be Hispanic and uh, not exactly sure if he was born here or not, Uh, but guess what? There may be white supremacy ties. He might be a neo. I don't know that. Diego, can we talk here? All right. Now, you happen to be uh, Hispanic, Latino, right? Um, is it possible for a, a Hispanic person to be a white supremacist?
6: I don't know about that, but it is possible for a uh, Latino to be anti-black, if that makes sense, because re- uh, Mexico is unfortunately a very racist country against uh, against black people. Is that right? Yeah, um, I've been to um, I've been to many events. You know, lucha libre uh, soccer games where um, you know there's uh, players from uh, foreign players from Africa, South America. They're black, and they they hurl racial slurs at them. Uh, it's very unfortunate. But uh, I don't know about white supremacy specifically. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it's more of an anti-blackness.
1: Well, that's kind of a, something I have not heard from the media at all, and uh, very interesting. We learn more from our. Our friends and colleagues than we do from watching Lester Holt and that crew. White supremacy. And by the way, did you see the tattoos the guy has? He's got all kinds of, uh, look, I'm not a gangland uh, expert. I'm not a cartel expert, but that he's got one of those neck tattoos. That's always a bad sign. Often a bad sign. Often a bad sign. And he's got another tattoo on his hand. And some people are saying, well, if you cross your eyes and stand upside down, you can see a swastika. I just, uh, no, no, no. And oh, by the way, even if he were a white supremacist, all right, let's pretend that that was true. It's not. But let's pretend, like, in a way, so what? Right? And so what? I mean, we're not, <laughs> I hate white supremacy, but they want to make it sound less. It was a Trump thing, right? Oh, this is all unleashed because of Trump, 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 Trump. Um, wrong. Anyway, Diego, thank you for that. Uh, I did not know that. And I did know, however, that there is sometimes, you never hear about it, but yeah, there is hostility sometimes between Hispanics and black people. Yeah, you, you really can't talk about that one either. That's not uh, very fashionable, okay? The thing you, the, remember, you got to enhance your power, prestige, and money, so you got to be very, very selective. Isn't it amazing that Al Sharpton is showing up everywhere, lecturing people about racism? Did you see him on TV? Al Sharpton, he went away for a long time, and now he's back all skinny and um, not quite as obnoxious. He's he's kind of finessed his game just a little bit, but uh, it's still a game. Cut 38, please. How about the governor? Governor Hochul, cut 38.
7: I know this community well. I've walked these streets. I know the individuals who live here. It's a wonderful, tight-knit neighborhood. And to see that sense of security shattered by an individual, a white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism.
1: Oh, yeah, that was the thing up in Buffalo. So if it's a white person, you're going to definitely hear white supremacy. Because I heard that guy in Buffalo also, believe it or not, he saw the Tucker Carlson show once. He saw the Tucker Carlson show. Um Now... If it happens to be a black identity extremist, like Frank James when he shot up that subway, you'll hear something more along the lines of this from Kathy Hochul. Cut 37.
0: Video? You know it's wrong. No one has the right to take the life of another
1: person. Oh. Well, that's the one she's talking about, the subway thing. Let's see here.
2: Ah, here we Wait,
1: wait, where is that dumb thing? Where is the one of her? Here we go. Cut 40. Cut 40.
7: We say no more. No more mass shootings lives don't worry creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal new yorkers it has to end and it ends now
1: wow i guess not everybody got the uh, the memo right it has to end and it ends now and that'll fix it that'll fix it frank james um well we want to hear this is the guy who actually did the shooting that day okay his name is frank james and he is what the FBI once called, but they're prohibited from calling uh, using this term anymore. But I can use it because I don't work at the FBI. Uh, black identity extremist, Frank James, ready for some real nasty stuff. I'm sorry, but he said it and he took his hatred out on a subway full of innocent New Yorkers. Cut 39.
6: You m
0: useless you white whore. Dirty white. B- you want to look down at me?
1: F- you. Mm. I definitely look down on Frank James for what he did absolutely wow but gotta like kind of you know do I do I maybe I should just well here's what I would do I would take three years off his one thousand years prison sentence because Frank James probably consumed a lot of media you just walk around right and the media tries to make you convinced that White people are racist, that the whole damn system, critical race theory says, right? The whole damn system is inherently racist, all of it. So if you walk around, you may have noticed that there's a certain edge in the city, right? There's a certain, mm, used to be we were all cool. We were all cool with each other, really. Now it's um, kind of tense. It is. It's very tense, isn't it? Hey, this week could be great. Keep an eye out for this. Congressman Jim Comer of the House Oversight Committee. This guy, did you see him on uh, Maria Bartiromo yesterday? He's got the goods on Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's getting bolder and bolder. I think he's got the evidence. Apparently, they got this document. It says that Joe Biden, it alleges that Joe Biden was doing favors for foreign governments when he was vice president, and he was doing it for money. Millions and millions and millions of dollars were coming into uh Various weirdo LLCs set up by Hunter Biden. He's in trouble. Oh, I will reiterate, he will not be president one year from now. Joe Biden, his days are numbered. Less than a year to go. I'll be back.
2: Greg
0: Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Uh, the fake news says new poll offers warning signs for Joe Biden White House. Yeah, warning signs, uh, abandoned ship, red alert. I mean, this is going down. These, these poll numbers, I've been saying for over, how long has it been? I started earlier this year with the, he's not going to be president in a year. Uh, I stand by that as I did a moment ago. Uh, right now, let's see here, 56 to 34. 56 to 34, they think that Donald Trump is doing a better job or did a better job at managing the economy. 56 to 34. Joe Biden has got to throw in the towel right now. He is finished. He can't do it. Obviously, it's obvious to everyone. Something like 70% of the respondents realize that Joe Biden is not up to the job of being president. It's, it's, uh, and a majority uh, believe that Donald Trump is up to the job of being president. Uh, this is sorry, it's over. <laughs> it's over. And what are they doing right now behind the scenes? It might be Gavin Newsom. Um this also might be authorized. This also may have been the plan all along. Joe, you get to declare and then we're going to throw cold water on it. We're going to throw cold water on your dreams. I don't know if they told him about this, but this is uh this is devastating. And you can play games with these numbers. Yeah, sure enough, you can. You can. Um they either, uh, but these are really bad. Oh man. That's it. That's it. What's today's date? May 8th, May 8th, 2023. We can really start writing that political obituary of, of Joe Biden. It's going to get interesting though. It's going to be like, um, it's going to be worse than Nixon's situation. Even though they're not paying any attention to the whistleblower, that could change this week. Remember whistleblowers who go after Trump, they're the only ones we care about, right? Cut 42. Got 42.
0: CNN breaking news. We're following breaking news. The uh, truly explosive release of the whistleblower
3: report alleging President Trump not only abused the power of his office by seeking help from a foreign government to interfere in the 2020 election, but also that the
0: White House tried to cover it up.
1: Mm. He abused power and tried to cover it up by trying to influence the election. Now, that's like a really. There's a very, very subjective. It's very subjective. Abuse of power and try to influence an election. Yeah, he tried to win the election. Joe Biden boasted about his corruption. He said, Hey, did you hear that guy? Did you hear Z, President Z? I would look into that if I were you. You can't let that go off. And that's totally fine. Uh, that is fine. It's very, very, at best, subjective, right? Whereas with Joe Biden, my goodness gracious, the allegation that he was getting money, cash, from foreign countries, and then in his position as vice president was screwing around with American policy. That's a crime. That's impeachable. That is a high crime and misdemeanor, right? Oh, there's the music again. Okay. All right. Hey, Roger, very quickly. What's up? Roger? uh, Go ahead. Very quick.
0: Okay, um, just I was the one that originally called on Friday
1: night to Curtis regarding the... I don't believe you were the one who called Curtis on Friday night. Thank you.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red
1: Apple Podcast Network. I remember Richard Dreyfuss, a uh, great actor. I was talking about Jaws this morning, actually. Jaws, the movie. Richard Dreyfuss is in uh Jaws, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, he had a big role in that. Anyway, he was the shark specialist. The guy is saying some amazing stuff about the current woke moment that we're all uh kind of going through, no matter what your color is. And uh it's an interesting perspective that you don't hear very much from uh Hollywood. And is he really Hollywood anymore? Hasn't he kind of been ostracized? I think he got mini-me-tooed. He got mini-me-tooed about something. Uh Listen, for the fake news to do what they did, to go into real detail about how bad Joe Biden is doing, uh, that's, that says something, that there's something else afoot here. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, from the fake news, the George Stephanopoulos show cut 48
3: rematch Trump versus Biden right now a 7 point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden and, and, and in fact it's an identical number with Ron DeSantis in a head to head that might happen next November that tells us at this very early stage George that this race is shaping up a lot more about the incumbent president Joe Biden than it is about any of his challengers
1: wow 7 points i love it cut 49 please
3: That question of age that that Joe Biden has been trying to address, Donald Trump is is less than four years younger than Joe Biden, but the concerns over Biden's age are much more significant. 68% of voters say they think that Joe Biden is too old for an additional term. Only 44% say the same about Donald Trump.
1: Remember, this is the fake news, okay? This is, now this has been true for a long time, but now, at this moment, they put it all out. Hmm? They do a poll like this. Why? Next cut, 50.
3: A strong majority of Americans think he should be facing criminal charges across a range of investigations, including on this one, 56% say that he should face charges over his attempts to overturn the 2020 election. What's interesting to me about this, George, is that even among that 56%, the people that think that, yes, Trump should face criminal charges, 18% say they would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden anyway. (laughs) That tells you a lot about Trump's potential strength, but maybe more than that, some of Biden's weaknesses.
1: It also tells us that these charges are bogus. And also, I mean, how do they word that? How do they word the question? Do you think Donald Trump should face responsibility for his crimes? Oh, uh yeah. Resp- crimes are bad. Responsibility. Yeah. They can play all kinds of games. Now, George Stephanopoulos is the host of the weekend show. I guess he showed up. He blows it off most weekends. And he's on Good Morning America for some strange reason. Why? He just sits there. I have no idea. Uh, and let's see here. This is him. Does this sound like a guy who doesn't know America or what? Cut 51.
0: Rick, I got to admit, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. You've got one in five people who say they believe President Trump should be should face criminal charges, but they still vote for him?
3: It is, it is remarkable, and I do think once there's a matchup with an actual person, maybe that changes, but that just tells you about how much Trump is kind of baked into the political equation.
1: Damn straight. Uh, cut 52, please. President Trump, at least right now,
0: appears to be strengthening his hold on, the front runner, on his frontrunner status for the Republican nomination.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. We've seen Donald Trump's numbers go up in the last couple of months across a range of polls, and most of the other candidates either going down or staying around the same. Ron DeSantis at 20 percent. Of course, that is not even half Trump's total right now. Everyone else in the single digits, that includes our ABC News contributor Chris Christie, who's considering a run of his own. He's at 1 percent in this poll. And when we ask people to, to focus in on the top candidate, to choose just among the top contenders. You actually see Trump's number go up a little bit. Ron DeSantis does as well, but still, he's nowhere near where Donald Trump is across the country.
1: Well, uh, very interesting indeed. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Biden's finished. And the other thing that this rules out, uh, or people don't understand... How good Trump was at the politics, right? He's incredibly good at politics. I mean, he won the very first time that he ran for president. That is a big, 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 big deal. You know how many of these guys, they start, they lose, they try again, they lose. Very early on, all the offices, they run for Congress three times before they actually make it, and they go up that slippery pole. That's how politicians do it, but this guy has, quite frankly, supernatural talent and, oh, by the way, he's gotten better with experience, okay? And his team, the people around him, they're a hell of a lot better as well. Um, they they just, uh, Jason Miller and that crew, uh, they have all this experience now, and it's like Ron DeSantis is like a child. Hey, this is James Comer. This guy is uh, great and somebody to watch, Republican of Kentucky, Eh, skip him. Just another congressman. Okay, he's he's telling me all about you know how big it's going to be, how great it's going to be when he has this press conference on Wednesday, and I already summarized what's going to go down according to him. Uh, he'll have the receipts of all these LLCs and how many millions of dollars they got from China, and these LLCs were affiliated with the Biden family. All right, so I'm sure he's going to deliver, but he's not going to deliver until until Wednesday. Uh, can we at this moment? All right, Richard Dreyfus, right? What else? Who else? Uh, He was in Whose Life Is It Is Anyway? Whose Life Is It Anyway? He played a quadriplegic. He did a very good job. That's when he complimented the woman on her breasts. Remember that? Christine Lottie was her name. And I saw her many years later, and I did the same thing, quoting the movie. But she didn't realize I was quoting the movie. You have beautiful... It It worked. I was able to salvage it. Anyway, here he is on this current moment of wokeism that's really going... They're really bananas with it in Hollywood. Go ahead.
4: Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards for films?
8: They make me vomit. Why? Because... This is an art form. It's also a a form of commerce, and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. And what are we risking Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. And you have to let life be life. And I'm sorry, I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. You know, Laurence Olivier was the last white actor to play Othello. And he did it in 1965. And he did it in blackface. And he played a black man brilliantly. Am I being told that I will never have a chance to play a black man? Is someone else being told that if they're not Jewish, they shouldn't play The Merchant of Venice? Are we crazy do we not know that art is art? This is so patronizing. It's so, it's so thoughtless and, and, and treating people like children.
4: Do you think there's a difference between the question of representation and who is allowed to represent other groups? For example, as you said, somebody representing the Merchant of Venice. And the case of blackface explicitly in this country, given the history of slavery and the sensitivities around black racism, do you think there's a a difference between those?
8: There shouldn't be. Why? Because it's patronizing. Because it says that we're so fragile that we don't, can't have our our feelings hurt we have to anticipate having our our feelings hurt our children's feelings we don't know how to stand up and and bop the bully in the face
1: all right good stuff out of Richard Dreyfus uh except for the part where he's talking about blackface I mean i I, I kind of get that I get we don't do blackface anymore people can live with that it's a it's a it's a it's a very reasonable thing to you know you don't have to do blackface but the overall stuff the overall stuff is uh is, it's right i mean you i don't know if you heard her question she's talking about who you hire off air who you hire off air um no no who you hire behind the scenes who you what the color of your lawyer is for kind of, what that is madness that's really really dangerous and good for him. I have a feeling he's actually not being canceled for any of that stuff. <laughs> okay they're gonna like number one he already got me tooed. Number two, it's like eh, the outrage machine is uh even they can only be outraged about so much at any given time and I don't think there's room right now for them to be outraged about uh Richard Dreyfus. Oop Barbara hello I wa- I would been meaning to talk to you. How's it going?
7: Hi, it's going fine, Greg, good to talk to you. I, I hear you for a change talking about the fake news. And, uh, and how can people believe this fake news, much of which we see before our eyes is not fake, but they're telling us that we can't believe what we see. And I went back again to look at Besmanoff, the KGB agent, I went back again to look at his comments, and again and again he says that we were, for three generations, we were allowing our children to be taught the ideals of countries other than ours, governments other than ours, with no offsetting strong teaching of American values and American history. And he says once these people have 15 to 20 years of this, put into their brains, pounded into their skulls, that person is incapable of seeing the truth, that true information does not matter anymore. No matter what facts you show them, no matter what pictures you show them, their minds cannot be changed. And I think that's what we're seeing, and I think we have to understand that to know where to put our efforts to go forward to save our liberties and to save our republic.
1: So, uh, alright. Efforts to go forward. Efforts to go forward. A couple of things. I've been, uh, I'm gonna ramp this up a little bit, but I don't know about you, but look, I'm not drinking diet soda anymore. I'm not engaging woke companies anymore. I'm not watching Netflix. I'm really avoiding the cell phone to the extent that I can. I'm, uh, upping the writing of the letters. Uh, I wanna live in the moment. I don't wanna uh, eat their terrible products. I don't wanna drink their terrible products. I don't wanna um, this waste time on their highly addictive yet damaging content. Uh, these are some things we can do. And I also, and I alluded to this, and I think you followed up with me, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Like, we have to know our rights. We have to know our rights because they are going to take them away. I do remember once in the Marine Corps, I had to go to a um, an office. It was called the Aircraft Transfer Office, right? And I had to transfer an aircraft, right? And it was an administrative office and there's so many different things going on there. And it said aircraft transfer office. And I kind of got into an argument with this clerk and I said, look, bottom line is this. I got to transfer an aircraft. And he said, well, we don't do that here. <laughs> and I just like, like the bureaucracy, the government, it's gotten so big that we are forgetting where we came from, the constitution and the bill of rights. And we better know our rights. And with that in mind, I am going to try right now from memory. And this is not, look, this is elementary, whatever. But can you, can anybody recite? I know you can, Barbara, but most people can't recite the, uh, the First Amendment wrote by, uh, and they even can't name, hey, Diego, not to put you on the spot, okay? What rights are mentioned in the First Amendment?
6: Uh, right to free speech, freedom of the press, freedom of expression. And that's all I can. Get. Oh, religion, religion. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> that's all I got. First right?
1: of all, that's pretty damn good. First of all, that's pretty damn good. But you didn't get all of it. Did he, Barbara? No, not
7: quite. So, right. so
1: let's go through it. It's, it's, that like, Congress shall make no law. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Congress shall make no law establish respect, respecting the establishment of a religion. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging freedom of speech, of the press, or the right of people to peaceably assemble or to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, there may have been a preposition off or two, but I think I just about got every word. And the thing about that is not everybody understands that it's our constitutional right to peaceably assemble. They really don't. And, and and I've I've seen people I've seen uh hell, I've seen police officers try to say you can't be on this sidewalk right now, you have to have a permit, you have to have this. No, that's not true, actually. I support cops, but um you gotta know your rights. Don't you agree, Barbara?
7: I absolutely do. I absolutely do. When I started working on freedom of religion, I began memorizing quotes from the founders that were particularly appropriate to freedom of religion. And then I found there were so many of these quotes and that are just really important to understand. And when you get in a conversation with people, it, you own that truth. You have it. You know it's the truth. It's so well said. You own it. You can repeat it. And people are so impressed. They learn from that. We have to know our truth. And when you memorize something, it becomes part of you. That's such an important skill, such an important learning skill, but such an important asset to every American to be able to speak some of the words of our founders and some of the words of the great documents that brought about this nation.
2: Well,
1: the good thing about it is, you know, it doesn't take all that much skill. If you start tuning out all the Netflix and all the stupidity out there, and spend a little bit of time with the greatest document ever produced, uh, one of them at least, uh, it's amazing what you can learn. And, yes, I have my Harry Lorraine memory trick, and I'm going to try to tell people about that tonight. Thank you for uh, your reminder, Barbara, and I'll be right back.
4: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive.
5: You're going to be able to get an Amtrak and instead of going through the tunnel of Baltimore at 30 miles an hour because nothing's been done under the Chesapeake Bay for, under the, the Baltimore, River, uh, the Baltimore area for 80 years. They're going to be able to go to 100 through it 100 miles an hour. We're going to, they're going to see more, they're going to see railroads going from Syracuse to down, all the way down to New York, upstate New York. Anyway, to, to, to the city.
1: Huh? that's joe biden a good thing for him it was on a friday night not too many people saw it uh that was uh ooh, bad stuff he sat down with stephanie rule of msnbc who oh by the way i think uh wanted to be asked to sleep over (laughs) i think she wanted to stay over at the white house i think she was uh really working her her charm i think she was um I think she was flirting with Joe. I think she was really coming on to him, actually. All right, when I come back, black identity extremism, it is a real thing until it was banned, banished by the FBI. It's still a real thing, but they can't talk about it. How can you fight something if you can't talk about it? They're talking about white supremacy all the time, hmm? and that, uh, that more or less barely exists. All right, I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: So back when the FBI, just before it was completely, went completely and totally corrupt, it was damn near there, but they still had the professionals. They put out a pretty, um, pretty authoritative report full of common sense and data and analysis. Black identity extremists likely motivated to target law enforcement officers Uh, And we've seen this, right? uh, This is the executive summary right here. The FBI assesses it is very likely black identity extremists, BIE, perceptions of police brutality against African-Americans spurred an increase in premeditated, retaliatory, lethal violence against law enforcement and will very likely serve as a justification for such violence. The FBI uh, the FBI assess it is very likely this increase began following the 9 August 2014 shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, and the subsequent grand jury November 2014 declination to indict the police officers involved. The FBI assesses it is very likely incidents of alleged police abuse against African-Americans since then have continued to feed the resurgence in ideologically motivated violent criminal activity within the BIE movement. The FBI assesses it is very likely some BIEs are influenced by a mix of anti authoritarian, Moorish sovereign citizen ideology and BIE ideology. Yeah, Moorish sovereign citizen. There's no such thing as a country. Hmm. The FBI has high confidence in these assessments based on a history of violent incidents attributed to individuals who acted on behalf of their ideological beliefs, documented in FBI investigations and other law enforcement and open source reporting. The FBI makes this judgment with the key assumption the recent incidents are ideologically motivated. Um, this is spot on. Spot on. Let's see here. Um, and they've been warning people about this. Warning, the FBI judges it is very likely BIE perceptions of police brutality against African-Americans have become organizing drivers for the BIE movement since 2014, resulting in a spike of BIEs intentionally targeting law enforcement with violence. In all six targeted attacks since 2014, the FBI assesses it is very likely the BIE suspects acted in retaliation for perceived past police brutality incidents oh by the way fueled by the mainstream media even though five of these attacks occurred following controversial police shootings of african americans by white police officers bie targeting of officers was not in every incidence based on their specific race now that is interesting uh because a lot of the officers for instance uh wenjin lu and rafael ramos who remembers that do you remember eric garner right I'm, I'm sorry, I say this with respect, but the fat ass who died, right, remember that? I'm sorry, but he was a criminal, okay? He was uh, not a good guy. He did not deserve to die. I wish he had lived to be a 100. I wish he had taken care of himself. I also wish that he complied. He could have lived to be a 100, probably not given his uh, severe health issues. But he did not die because of those cops, and a grand jury saw it that way. And, inspired, incited maybe even by the mainstream media, Democrats, Bill de Blasio, waxing on about his son Dante and what he had to tell Dante what to do when he saw cops because cops posed such a threat to Dante. The city erupted in violence, riots, really, really bad stuff. And some nut nutjob uh, in, in Maryland sees all this on TV, is totally dissatisfied with his own life, is really angry about a lot of different things, happens to be black, jumps in his vehicle, says, I'm going to be putting wings on pigs today, drives up to Brooklyn, finds the first police car he can find, and he shoots the cops inside. Just cops, that's all he wanted. Probably preferred white cops, just so happened he killed a Hispanic cop and an Asian cop. Wenjin Liu and Rafael Ramos, heroes. You know, if Bill de Blasio didn't say what he said, I think those cops would be alive right now. It's amazing, it's amazing, actually, that he got away with that. That he was never held accountable for those horrible words, horrible. You know, you say uh, Donald Trump in January sixth. Uh, that's this in the middle of it, inciting a riot. The riot had already started, and he's throwing salt on the wounds. On 7 July 2016, Micah Johnson ambushed and shot 11 law enforcement officers, killing five in downtown Dallas, Texas, during a First Amendment protected protest before being ultimately killed by police. The five deceased officers were white. The planned public event was protesting recent officer-involved shootings of African Americans in Louisiana and Minnesota. Based on Johnson's journal writings and statements to police, he appeared to have been influenced by BIE ideology. This is real stuff. It exists. But Cory Booker and Karen Bass and other members of the Congressional Black Caucus said, you can't talk like that. So elite, elite people who happen to be black, who happen to have all kinds of security, right, say, you can't talk like that. It offends us. Well, I think those bullets are pretty offensive to those officers, huh? When they were shot and killed, this happens. This is real. Our FBI. Hey, God bless Vivek. Vivek Swami wants to do away with the whole damn thing. And we should. There's no business. No business. What else happened in this Joe Biden interview, by the way? Uh, let's see here. Cut 19, please. Cut. In, uh, no, I don't want to hear that. We already heard the gibberish. Let's try cut 18.
7: Why would an 82 year old Joe Biden be the right person for the most
8: important job in the world?
5: Is that I've acquired a hell of a lot of wisdom, I know more than the vast majority of people I'm more experienced than anybody's ever run for the office, and I think I've proven myself to be honorable as well as also effective
1: honorable well that's uh that's more arrogance than anything else didn't you say he has a lot more wisdom than anybody else? <laughs> Uh, what's going to happen tomorrow at the debt ceiling hearing? Oh boy, I can't stand this debt ceiling stuff. I really can't. Um, it's, there has to come a time though. We have to have a talk about the $10 million for this, that, and the other thing, or the $200 million for this, that, and the other thing. You know, Chuck Schumer, um, is, uh, got $10 million for the hip hop museum. Hip hop, hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop music, right? is the movement. Wait, no, hip is the knowledge. Hop is the movement. I think hip hop. I used to like hip hop back when it was kind of like, you know, not about killing and destruction. And it was for about three minutes. It's about other things. Um, remember when Dr. Dre performed at the, uh, at the Super Bowl? Hey, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Louise in Bergen County. Hi.
4: Hi,
3: Greg, I want you to know, number one, I listen to every single day. oh, 75% of the things I agree with. But your assumption about this young woman that gave an intelligence. Well, number
1: one, she's not that young, but keep going.
3: That's not the point. She's a young woman in my eyes. But the point being, you shouldn't assume she wanted to stay overnight. Oh, absolutely, she She did. She
1: was totally flirting with him. Totally. And she flirted away. That's how a lot of these TV women do it. I'm sorry. All right. It's, it's just done. It's done. And executives, they swoon when it's done. They totally swoon. Look, I know it sounded harsh, but watch it for yourself. She said, I know you have, I know you're totally unrelated to Hunter Biden. What? How could she say that? Unrelated. It's your, it, what? No, she was making excuses for him. And again, it was another occasion, Louise, where a, you know, where a member of the media has every opportunity in the world. What about the laptop? What about that laptop? Why is everybody pussyfooting around, including her? I think this was more about her career, uh, her image, than the truth, than than information for the viewers. I thought it was a disgrace, to be honest. And uh, that's her way. That's what I saw. And I think you're kind of knee-jerking. It's a knee-jerk uh, uh, defense of her that you're engaged in.
3: I think you're being harsh. I think you're being cruel to women by saying Cruel like to that. women? Wait a second. No, wait a uh Louise. 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 A big accusation. No, matter no, what no, no, say, no, 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 no. No, it's big... not, Louise. I mean, Louise, is. this is, the, I, you know what, I am so, this is,
1: accusation. Louise, the, the wife, Louise. You can't tell me I can't observe two people and I can't I can't see flirtatious behavior when it's right in front of me. Did you watch them walk down the colonnade? You think I could have walked down the colonnade like that with Biden, with Trump? Okay, there's a feminine aspect to this. Okay, there is. She brings it to the table. It's a real thing. All right. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I am so. Wow. Am I am I just really that out of touch? You never don't, you know, an attractive woman that has used that to her advantage. You ever encounter that in in your life, Louise? You ever see that? You ever see somebody flaunt it, work it? You did not. You did not. Well, Louise, where the hell you it says here officially you're from Bergen County. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. That's not that far okay. from New York. You see it all the time. Look, yes. I've seen men get promoted because they were good at football. All right? I've seen men get promoted because they were tall. We've all seen it. All right? It happens. And some, yes, some women look a certain way. And if they don't look a certain way, maybe sometimes they'll even just judge it up a little bit and work what they got. It yes. happens. <laughs> it's life, Louise. I'm sorry. This happens. This just happens. happens. And uh, uh I'm not going to be. If you want to, you know what they're doing right now. You can watch the MSNBC show. They're still talking about what a great interview this was. They're still talking about it. How can you sit down in front of Joe Biden and not ask these fundamental questions that no one has ever asked? They all want to make news. Well, make some news. Get to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, what about the letter? I mean, you name it, you could get, And, and – I'm sorry. No, no, there was some real careerism going on there, and that's the way it goes. Hey, by the way, you may want to look into Stephanie Rule and how she works sources, okay? Believe me, there's a lot there. I only scratched the surface, Louise. Ron, you are next in Lynbrook. Yo. Hello.
2: All right, thank you.
1: Yes.
2: Hello, this is Ron.
1: I know. We already established that, and you're in Linbrook. What can sorry, I do for very you? Sorry. Very sorry. I wanted to take
5: you over speaker. So you, uh, you have, we're speaking with uh, I, one of the people just before about the education system, and uh, I know I probably sound like a broken record now, but the fact is my mom, she came to this country because of Hitler. They, they put my mom in a wooden crate and snuck her out of Germany at that time when when things are going crazy there. And one of the things that they did for that decade before everything broke loose was they took over, he was not at the top of politics, but he, meaning Hitler and his people, took over the education system. They took over changing the books. That's where the book burnings came from. And they changed the history where they had a generation of kids that now believed everything they read in the books.
1: I know those Hitler youth, they were crazy.
5: Yeah. And they started with camps. First was innocuous. Go to camp. It's free. No more boys, cl- uh, boys, camps of America. That's outlawed. We have our own camps, a German camp. That's much better. And they made it illegal for uh, the boys camps. Anyway, um, the, the outcome was they had a generation of kids that believed everything they heard because they weren't taught real history, real social studies. they, they didn't really know what was going on and because of that they were in a fever of we're right
1: everyone else is wrong
5: yeah and, and you think this is going to you think develop. this is
1: happening all over again right
5: i my mother before she passed God rest her soul last year said to me son it's exactly not a little it's like a playbook,
2: uh,
5: exact. You need to have social studies. You need to have the Constitution. You need to have math, not core math. Where when a parent helps with core math, the student gets a sixty-five because they didn't show the right procedures. I hear you. Do you have them. a you have a kid in school or anything like that? I have. I had two girls, and now I have three grandsons.
1: How old are they?
5: Uh, so, uh, my daughters are 22 and 25. and All They right, went so to the school system. My grandsons are seven, five, and the little one is right, not so able to right you. Right, so they're
1: right in the middle of it. They're right in the middle of it. Oh boy, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's scary. Look, homeschooling. I'm really thinking homeschooling is, uh, I mean, I can't do it right now. I can't do it. I think that aren't computers good enough, right? I mean, that you can learn. I, you know, I learned, I learned basically how to fly on a computer. I wow. did. I learned all the ground school stuff. I learned it self-paced, on my own, at a desk, a computer. Do we really need school? If you think about it, it's all, I mean, maybe can't we, don't we have the technology to, I don't know, some really, then again, who's who's going to program the computer? It's not easily solved, right? It's all that big tech stuff. Hey, Ron, great points. um uh, Nice words about your grandmother. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, uh, Title 42 goes away here very, very soon. Uh, I thought that they were going to engage in a little bit of legal trickery and keep it around, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Hence, that's why they sent the troops there as a cosmetic move to kind of distract and kind of, uh, hey, look, we're doing something. Uh, title 42, a COVID measure essentially to, uh, turn back people. Um, when that goes away, you think it's bad now? I mean, all hell is broken loose. Uh, (laughs) hell's going to get a lot hotter. I don't know. It's just going to be a catastrophic situation is going to become even worse. It's going to be even worse. What is. What does this mean for the rest of us? What is happening? They really do want to change the country. Oh, by the way, and the inflationary stuff, the inflation right now, um, here's something it just occurred to me over the weekend. Uh, and I was talking to some folks and it's not crazy, but they want to kill the middle class. They don't want us buying stuff. They don't want us, uh, having capital. They want us subservient. They want us reliant on the government. They want us not driving. Uh, that's the climate change thing. And, they will be powerful, and we will be weak. And that's one of the reasons why, and with very, very few assets, one of the reasons why we got to read that Constitution. We have got to inhale that Constitution, end the Bill of Rights. Nobody has an excuse to not know those things backwards and forwards, okay? I see people, they watch The Crown on Netflix, okay? Forget The Crown. Forget some show about some country we left a long time ago. I want to know what the hell the Second Amendment says, verbatim, all right? Now, let me see if I can do that. And I'm not looking at anything. Okay. Let me see here. Oh boy. This is, a, it should be easy. It should be easy. A well regulated militia necessary for the security of the state. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Pretty much, right? Pretty much. Let me try that again. The, um, I heard them. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the state, the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Did I get it?
6: What? Necessary to the security of, of a free state. You forgot the word free.
1: That's okay. It. All right. Freeze. Well, that's a big word. We got to get that word free in there. All right. So uh one more time. A well-regulated militia. Being necessary for the security of a free state, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Correct? All right. And regarding the Fourth Amendment, and I don't know this uh, verbatim, but I do know this part, that it, you basically, um, you cannot be unreasonably searched, okay? No unreasonable searches. And our persons, houses, papers, and effects, Right. You can't just go in there rummaging for whatever the hell you want to look for, okay? It's got to be targeted. And uh, the Fourth Amendment is a very important one as well. The Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment. But I want to know all these amendments. I want to know all tw- – I think there are 27. I think there are 27, and it's important. It is. I feel like – and the other day I went looking for some of these, and you know what? You couldn't actually find them right away. Uh, the National Archives, they had the Constitution up, but they did not have the Bill of Rights. You had to go hunting and hunting for... I don't think they want you to know all that stuff. And the right of the people to peaceably assemble. You know, on January 6th, there were a lot of people peaceably assembling. And what did they do? They threw a hand grenade into the middle of it all. They threw a stun grenade as the people were exercising their rights. I can't wait. I can't wait until all the truth is known about January 6th. You know, the riot was apparently started, and I, there's evidence to suggest this, by the Capitol Police when they threw stun grenades into the crowd of peaceful protesters who were just standing there, as is their right. As is their right. Well, it was on Capitol grounds. Well, what is, what is the Capitol? Mount Olympus? It's a Capitol is a public building. It's a municipal building. Federal building, municipal, it's a public building. It's not a. It's not a palace. It's not where the king and queen live. You no, know, they call the the White House the people's house. Can you just walk up to the White House? No, we understand that. We do. There's a big fence, but there is no real. There's no similar such fencing around the Capitol for a reason. It's supposed to be accessible. It's supposed to be uh, much more accessible than they have it now. They don't want you coming in there at all. Hey, uh, all right, we're almost out of time. Tony, very quickly. Hi, how are you?
4: Hi, Greg. Thank you. Two minutes. So John Rowland was amazing. No
7: nonsense. Loved listening to him at night. Always felt the world was good. And I looked up that in 1988, he did this interview with a homeless woman who had been hospitalized for 88 days in New York City. He took her on and he said, you know, why do you think you're hospitalized? And she said there was nothing wrong with me except I was homeless. And do you know, he got suspended
1: a few days by the American Civil Liberties Union. Well, they can't can't suspend John Rowland, the American Civil Liberties Union. Hey, you're talking about Billy Boggs, I think, right? Is that the homeless woman?
8: Yeah.
1: Billy Boggs. She was a big Channel 5 fan. She used to watch Midday with Bill Boggs. Her name was not Billy Boggs, but that's what she called herself. Hey, yeah, you're right about that, Tony. Many thanks. I'll be
2: back.